coaching can help you gain deeper understanding of challenges that may be holding you back. You may not realize that there are others who may be successful and operating successful businesses who share some of the same challenges that you are facing. Welcome to Coaching for Real with Ronald Graves. Our program will look into the individuals and their challenges and show how the coaching process may be what they need to find the root causes of these challenges within themselves and learn to work through these challenges in order to find success. Now, here's your host, Ronald Graves. Hello, welcome to Coaching for Real, brought to you by Poema Leadership Institute, the show that brings you real people, real challenges, and real breakthrough. Again, I'm your host, Ronald Graves, and this show is about you. Coaching for Real is on the Voice America Business Channel to help you discover your masterpiece and live into your greatness. So, how are you? Are you living into your greatness? Is your enterprise achieving all that's possible? Would you even venture to say that you are fully aware of the possibilities available for both you and your company? I'm going to be blunt here and say no. Why? Because your greatest possibilities lie beneath your current level of awareness, waiting patiently to be discovered and unleashed. Now, today's show will increase your level of awareness and demonstrate how you can tap into the wealth of knowledge that's available in just about any area your organization could possibly need. And I will introduce our guest in just a minute. But first, since this show is called Coaching for Real, let's look at the word coach for just a minute. The word coach is used to describe a number of different people. There are sports coaches, life coaches, business coaches, performance coaches, executive coaches, and many more. Why did these people call what they do coaching instead of, say, teaching or training or leading or consulting or even mentoring? What do these people all have in common? You see, we spent most of our lives learning from others through different mediums such as books, classrooms, Computers, radio, television, the internet, and one-on-one conversations. And those people fill the role of teacher, author, trainer, manager, leader, consultant, mentor, and so on. By the time we leave formal education, where we've been subjected to information coming at us from all directions, just so we can memorize it, we're conditioned to look outside of ourselves for the answers. And that's okay because every one of us should be learning and growing every day. And there's an unlimited amount of knowledge to be found all around us. In fact, today's show will demonstrate how you can surround yourself with a wealth of knowledge without adding to your payroll. But there's a complementary element to this success equation, and that's you. Your organization cannot outgrow its leader. And for you to achieve your greatness and allow your enterprise to flourish, There is one source of answers, other than God, that is far superior to what you can find in the world of knowledge, and that source is you. Let me explain. First and foremost, it's important to understand that you were created to be great. There's a masterpiece, a poema within your DNA. Your potential is infinite, but you will never find it by looking outside of yourself. No one can give you more potential because it's within you. You see, human potential is an inside-out job, and you must tap into it because it's on the inside that eventually shows up on the outside. And that is precisely why coaches are so important. Unlike teachers, consultants, managers, 
and mentors who are all valuable, your coach enables you to develop a greater sense of self-awareness. As your coach, I'm able to ask you those searching questions that you are unable to ask yourself, allowing you to see your challenges from an entirely new perspective and then draw upon your internal greatness to reach your potential. You see, I do not bring you the answers because I know that the best answers don't come from me or from the world around you. They lie within you. Now, today's show is truly unique because while the premise of Coaching for Real is about discovering answers from within your internal greatness, you also need to tap into the world of knowledge outside of yourself to bring the necessary expertise to your organization to help it reach its potential and drive success. Today's guest is Nathan Hirsch, a 28-year-old serial entrepreneur and expert in remote hiring and e-commerce. He started his first e-commerce company out of his college dorm room, selling on Amazon.com. To date, he has sold over $20 million worth of product online through his e-commerce efforts. After building a team of over 30 remote workers, Nathan co-founded FreeUp.com, where he now serves as the CEO. FreeUp is an online hiring marketplace specialized for e-commerce and digital marketing businesses that removes the hassle of having to recruit and interview before making a reliable hire. Nathan and his business partner had many frustrations with hiring online and wanted to redefine the way it was done. FreeUp serves over 2,000 online businesses today. Nathan is a regular guest on leading podcasts such as Entrepreneur on Fire and Eventual Millionaire, where he speaks about best practices in online hiring, delegating tasks, and e-commerce. So, Nathan, welcome to Coaching for Real. Thanks so much for having me. I appreciate it. Good. How are you today? Doing great. What about you? I'm doing good, thanks. I'm ready for today's program, so thank you for being our, our guest. You're welcome. I'm excited to talk about hiring. I always am. Good, good. Before we get to that, every successful venture starts out as an idea. So can you take us back to that dorm room or maybe even a little further back if you so desire, but talk to us about the birth of your first e-commerce idea. Sure. So my parents were both teachers and I always had the mentality um, that I was going to go to college, graduate, get a real job, retirement account. Um, retire and explore the world, kind of like my parents did. So my, my mom owned a nonprofit, so I, I learned a little bit of entrepreneurial um, spirit from her, but I knew how hard it was, and I saw all the hours she worked. Um, she ran a preschool, so it didn't really apply to something that I wanted to do. Um, but, so what I did was I, I got a bunch of internships when I was in high school and college, and they were retail. I worked at Firestone and Aaron's, which is kind of like a rent-a-center. And there's one thing I learned there was that I didn't want to work in retail and I didn't want to get a full-time job. I, it wasn't fun for me. I wasn't motivated. Um, I consider myself a smart kid, but it, it just wasn't what I enjoyed doing, even though if I was good at it. So I found myself being a, a broke college kid looking for extra beer money on the side. And I got angry one day that the bookstore was ripping me off. I was buying textbooks for hundreds of dollars at the beginning of the semester, at the end of the semester, selling it back for pennies on the dollar. Um, and I thought I could do it better. So I went out to cut the bookstore off. I found all these online bookstore vendors. Um, I took the money that I had saved up from those internships and started buying people's textbooks. Before I knew it, I had lines out the door of people trying to sell me books over the bookstore to the point where I got a cease and desist letter from the bookstore. So I, I was growing this textbook business, selling to different retailers or different online vendors. And I came across Amazon one day 
and I fell in love with it. It was addicting. I, I wanted to grow an Amazon business, but I didn't know how. And I wanted to sell cool stuff like DVR, DVDs and computers and video games and stuff that I was into. Um, but I found out that I wasn't very good at it. And through trial and error, I realized I was really good at selling baby products, toys, and home goods, um, which made absolutely no sense being a 20, 21 year old college student. So from there, I made a lot of great decisions uh, and a lot of bad decisions like every young entrepreneur makes. Um, and from there, it's when I really started expanding my company, drop shipping from different businesses, hiring people, making amazing hires and bad hires and learning those lessons. Um, and that's really where I started off as an Amazon seller running this multi-million dollar Amazon business out of my college dorm room. So you mentioned that you, um, you know, the bookstore wasn't too happy with what you were doing, uh, kind of putting them out of business, actually. So. Um, but when you got that cease and desist order, what, what do you do from that? What happened to your college um, I career? Ignored it. <laughs> you ignored it. Okay. Yeah. I mean, I, I made it a little bit more secretive. Um, the cool thing was once I moved to my senior year, I moved off campus. So I had a house off campus and they couldn't really do anything about it. Whereas it, it was a bigger deal when I was living on campus. All right. Good. Um, excellent. So now you, you had this idea and it, it, this idea just kind of came out of your frustration of, uh, getting, you know, paying too much and getting too little. So now there's a lot of good, you know, I have a good idea and you said you make some mistakes going along the way, but a lot of ideas really never make it out of the dream stage where, where people would say, well, you know, I'm just paying too much for these books and not getting much when I sell them, but, but you know, that's just what it is. So how, how did you take a dream or an idea and, and kind of make it a reality? What was that first step of kind of overcoming that barrier? Yeah, I kind of just dove right in. I bought a book and I hope that I, I could sell it and not lose money. Um, and from there, once I started buying and selling books and learning Amazon and diving deeper, then I was like, all right, how do I take this to the next level? And I, I knew I had no money for inventory. I didn't have a warehouse to store anything. Um, so the real idea was the concept of drop shipping years before I even knew it was called dropping. It was drop shipping. It wasn't until three years later that I knew that that was a term. The concept that I could sell products that I didn't actually have, I didn't have to store, I didn't have to ship, um, and list them on Amazon and get them shipped from these vendors, these manufacturers, these retailers that I built the relationship with, they would ship it right to the customer and I would just make whatever my difference was between what I sold it for and what I paid. And that idea terrified me. I was scared. I, I didn't get to touch the product, so there was no quality assurance. And it was really a huge trial. I remember listing my first product and getting my first sale and getting it shipped to the customer and crossing my fingers and hoping the customer didn't complain. And if they did, if that one customer just happened to complain, who knows if I even would have continued. So a lot of it was just trying different things and seeing what would stick. Well, I had that. I had the question about drop shipping coming up later in the show. So I'm gonna, as long as you brought it up, I want to dig into it just a little bit deeper. Talk to us about how you buy and sell. Where do you buy from and where – I realize how you sell it on – on Amazon, but how do you, where do you buy it from? Well, when you're a 21-year-old college student, you don't have too many options. You, you buy from whoever will work with you. Um, and so what I did was I created a, a lead gen team of remote workers, which we can talk about later, um, to contact manufacturers. They would do research on products that would sell on Amazon. They would figure out whether they even had the capability to drop ship. And then after that, I was emailing them and getting them on the phone and seeing if they would actually work for, with me. Um, and then from there, what I realized is, okay, I could get a select few people to work for me, but or work with me, 
but I didn't, a lot of it was, had quality assurance problems, whether maybe I would sell something and they would ship it later or it would arrive damaged. So from there, I got really picky on who would work with me as my business grew and, and became very selective on who I would pick. So it kind of started off with, hey, I'm a business owner trying to do something and I don't really know what, will anyone let me sell their products? And then as I sold more and more and more and built a system and hired people and became more respected, then I was like, okay, in order to work with me, you have to follow these terms, these conditions, these processes. Oh, excellent. That's great. Now, I'm going to give you two sides of a coin here. Um, first of all, were there people who told you, Nathan, you, you can't do that. You just, you know, you don't have what it takes. You can't do it. Do you have the naysayers? Um, my friends thought I was crazy. My, my parents have always been really supportive. I, when I got to the point where I was running this big company and I, gra- I was about to graduate and I had job offers, they definitely wanted me to take the job offers, right? Because that's what they were used to. Um, but at the same time, they supported me in my decision. And I always had that mentality that I was young and if I messed up, I could always go back and get that real job. It, I would always be able to get it. I had a college degree and now was the time to take that chance. And I think a lot of people... Um, whether it's people telling them they can't do it or they don't necessarily have the support they think they should or just themselves are not personally um, ready to make that jump. They don't take that risk and and don't allow themselves once or twice or three times in their life to really build something great. They kind of skip over that and go to the the thing that's easy, which is getting that full-time job and the retirement plan and um, something a little bit more stable. Excellent. I'm going to flip that now. You know, you know, it's pretty well said in the entrepreneur world that that you, nobody really makes it alone. So was there were there people who helped you in, in the very beginning or, or maybe a mentor or somebody that was very influential in, in getting you um, where you are today? I agree. No one makes it there alone. And I give all the people that have worked for me or with me all the credit in the world. They make me look really good. Um, I, I never hired a mentor or I never had a, a consultant or anything like that. A lot of what I've done is with trial and error. Um, one of the people that really helped me the most was my business partner, Connor. He was just a kid in class one day. I didn't know him. He messaged me looking for a side job. One of my first hires, I knew nothing about hiring. I barely did an interview. I just needed help. And he's been my business partner for over eight years in two companies. So I, very, I really got lucky along the way. And the cool thing about Connor is he compliments me very well. So I'm much better at speaking and systems and processes. That's where I really um, can shine. Whereas he's much more of a content person and a long-term thinker and he can plan things out. And so we complement each other very well. And I think finding someone, finding a talent, a good business partner is hard. And I was fortunate enough to find someone very early on in my entrepreneurial career. That, you know, that, that reminds me of something that you, you say that you're so complimentary of each other and that too many People who start their businesses and looking for someone um, to be their business partner want want somebody just like them, and I want a clone of myself. And and it, you know what you did is what we all should do, and that is just pick somebody that their strengths are your weaknesses, and your strengths are their weaknesses. It's not great. I- yeah, I, I couldn't agree more. I mean, even when I'm hiring people, I want people that are opposite of me. If, I, if I'm all over the place and I'm talking to lots of different people, I want someone that's more organized than me. If I, if I don't consider myself a strong writer, the people that are my assistants or people that are doing emails for me or writing my blog, they have to be great writers. So I really try to figure out what my, what my weaknesses are and how I can turn them into strengths through hiring or surrounding myself with those type of people. That's great because, you know, from hiring people, hiring complimentary people is always a great success story. Um, I've got a couple of minutes left before our first break. What, what are some of the things that might have surprised you along the way? Maybe how fast you grew or, or some of the 
roadblocks you ran into? Um, what were some of the, the the things that you weren't expecting? Sure. So my so when I started growing this business, it was growing rapidly. I was doing a few million dollars in sales, making more money than I ever had in my entire life. Um, and I really focused on one supplier at first, and I, and I thought that I could work with this supplier forever. I hired a manager of the day that they had the responsibility of doing everything from orders to customer service to waking people up when they were late. So they, I really spent a lot of time training them. And so I finally got to the point where I could step away from the business, get back to enjoying college again, because the first year of running a company is hard. And I took a vacation to Myrtle Beach. and. Within 24 hours of me being on vacation, I got a call saying the one vendor I'd spent six months mastering his products didn't want to work with me anymore. I then got a call that um, someone had stolen my identity and filed a $40,000 tax return in my name. And then I got a call that my manager of the day decided no longer to work with me anymore. So I went from this incredible high to this terrible low where I, I thought all the work I had done was about to go out the window and I was just going to now go get a real job. And so the lesson I learned from that was to diversify in every possible way and keep protecting your business. So when I got back, I departmentalized. I never hired one person to do everything ever again. I started contacting lots of different suppliers using that system I talked about before. So, And within six months, not only were we selling more, but we were more diverse, more protected. If someone quit, if a supplier dropped us, we had multiple revenue streams, multiple ways to protect us so we didn't fall into that trap again. That's great advice because... Uh... Yeah, because you had mentioned earlier in our discussion that, you know, there have been some mistakes you had made. And I, I'm a big believer that that you can take the mistakes or the failures or whatever and and learn more from them than you can from some of your successes. That kind of Absolutely. sounds like that's kind of what happened to you. Yeah, and I'm so happy I learned that lesson in year one and two um, rather than year four or five. I mean, it's something that now I've preached that for eight years and my companies are very protected. Excellent. Okay, we're approaching our first commercial break. So when we return, Nathan and I will continue with our discussion. I'm going to go to the next subject, which is his company, freeup.com, and talk about that. So stay tuned. We'll be back in a couple of minutes. You're listening to Coaching for Real on the Voice America Business Channel. Follow us on Twitter at VoiceAmericaTRN. Get the lowdown on guests, new shows, and your favorites. That's VoiceAmericaTRN. Imagine a relationship where you're given the opportunity to think rather than being told what to think. A relationship focused on your potential, not your performance. This is coaching, an alliance designed to help you achieve your intended outcome. Discovering that what lies behind you and what lies before you are trivial matters compared to what lies within you. Your coach is passionate about helping you discover your masterpiece and live into your greatness at RonaldGraves.com. That's RonaldGraves.com. We hear it and read about it every day in the news. America is heading over a fiscal cliff. Home prices are still receding and unemployment growing. How can you preserve and increase your wealth in this kind of economy? Tune in to Turning Hard Times into Good Times with host Jay Taylor. Jay will explain the decline of our monetary system and the economy and will give you winning investment ideas and the tools to protect and increase your wealth. Turning Hard Times into Good Times with Jay Taylor can be heard Tuesdays at 3 p.m. Eastern Time, 12 noon Pacific Time on the Voice America Business Channel. When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. This 
is Coaching for Real with Ronald Graves. To reach the program today, please call 1-866-472-5790. That's 1-866-472-5790. You may also choose to send an email to Ronald at RonaldGraves.com. Now, back to Coaching for Real. Welcome back. Talking to Nathan Hurst, serial entrepreneur, an expert in remote hiring and e-commerce. Before I bring him back on, I want to talk to you on a personal level. If you are an entrepreneur or a business leader and would like to showcase your expertise and provide value to our listeners by being a guest on Coaching for Real, please let me know. I will be more than happy to send you an application. Now, if you're ready to engage in a relationship where you are asked to think rather than being told what to think, a relationship focused on your potential, not your performance, it's time to reach out to me. You can email me at ronald at ronaldgraves.com. That's ronald at ronaldgraves.com. Or you can call me at 336-905-9810. That's 336-905-9810. And if you're calling from outside the U.S., you'll need to dial one before the phone number. Now, Nathan, we wrote for commercials. We were discussing your background and your uh, your Amazon uh, career and business that you built. But for this segment, I want to change gears, focus on your company, freeup.com. Uh, can you take us back to the idea stage for this adventure and, you know, tell us how it all began? Sure. So uh, like a lot of entrepreneurs, I was a solo entrepreneur for the first six months or so. And it got to the point where I was doing everything, emails, order fulfillment, all that kind of stuff, making pretty good money. And one day I had a meeting with my accountant because I thought it was time to finally pay taxes. And I, he looked at me and he was like, when is when are you going to hire your first person? And I was like, why would I do that? I, I really enjoy Amazon. I like what I'm doing. Business is growing. I'm, I'm pocketing all the money. And he just laughed at me. So that was kind of a lesson. He was like, good luck. And eventually I gave in and decided to hire someone after going through busy season by myself and realizing how crazy that was. So come January, after experiencing a, a crazy busy season where I was filling every order and doing emails along with everything else that went with being in college and having a girlfriend and a fraternity and all that stuff, I was like, all right, I can't ever let that happen again. Let's hire. So I hired my first employee and business partner, um, Connor. And from there, kept hiring and hiring and made some great hires, some bad hires, kept coming up with the process, ended up having an awesome team. When I graduated, I moved to Florida, and a buddy of mine on my softball team in Florida um, told me about this company, Odesk. It's now called Upwork. And so I learned about hiring remote workers for the first time, and it really opened up my eyes that, hey, I'm paying this person $50,000, $60,000 a year, and I'm, they're only spending... 60% of their time doing high level work. And so I could hire a remote worker, a remote assistant to go in and take that stuff off their plate. So I was getting a better value deal off those high level workers. So I became obsessed with that and I built what I called an Odesk army and I hired lots of people. And what I quickly realized is how much time it takes. I mean, you post a job and we've tried many marketplaces. You post a job, you get a hundred applicants, you interview them one by one. It takes forever. You never know what you're going to get. And I just wanted there to be a better way. So once I, seven years into my company, I had come up with a pretty good hiring process where we were nailing it. We were getting good people, not a hundred percent of the time, but 95% of the time plus. And 
we really based it on communication, attitude, and skills, which we can talk about later. And so I had this idea to let other people get access to workers that I was vetting. So we started contacting Amazon sellers, and I had this group of Amazon workers, and we would offer it to them, and they loved it. Um, so from there, they were like, oh, okay, do you guys have bookkeepers? Do you guys have graphic designers? Do you guys have other stuff? Um, so we started expanding from there, and that's really how the freelance marketplace was, the free up marketplace was born where we get hundreds of applicants every week, we vet them, we take the top 1%, we add them to the network, and then clients on a first come first serve basis can request workers, we fill those requests and on the back end, we're hands on to make sure they have a good experience and we're insurance if a worker quits for any reason, we cover all replacement costs. And it all goes back to when I was doing it myself, realizing how much time it actually took um, and seeing the benefit of those fast, being able to access talent quickly. What a great story. I mean, it just sort of like, snowballed and just you know you started with a, a little bit here and then it just you know expanded it kept going and going and going and uh, now it's uh, as you look at your website as we'll discuss later in the show it's pretty robust I, mean, I, I can't think of anything that I could need that you probably don't have yeah, I mean, unless it's illegal or against some terms of service somewhere, we probably have it. And I mean, the cool thing about us is if we don't have it, we can recruit for you free of charge. You're under no obligation to hire someone that we present to you. And if you don't, we'll just keep them in our network and offer them to other clients. Outstanding. So now I'm going to step back for just a minute. In your bio, it says that you and your business partner had many frustrations with uh, that hiring online and wanted to refine the way it was done. So you talk about some of those things that frustrated you as before you really found the answer. Yeah, so I like to focus on skills, attitude, and communication. And what I really found is if you hire for one out of the three or two out of the three, um, there's really a lot of breakdown. So on the skill side of it, we now look for people that are very experienced, people that have a track record of success. They might not be the lowest price, depending on, there's a time and a place for a high value deal, but we want someone, we don't have time for newbies. We want someone to get that experience and then come to us. So back in the day, we would hire people for a dollar or $2 an hour, and we thought it was awesome. We weren't paying anything, but we realized that we weren't valuing our time because we were spending so much time explaining things or the skills that they said they would do didn't happen, and we would just waste a lot of time waiting for them to accomplish something they didn't. Um, so that's one side of it. On the attitude, we look for someone with a positive attitude, someone who really likes doing what they're doing. A good example of that is QuickBooks. I hate doing QuickBooks. So if I'm hiring someone to do my QuickBooks, they need to love it as much as I love being an entrepreneur. So a big mistake that we made is we would hire someone that was just in it for the paycheck. All they cared about was getting paid. They didn't care about the project. They didn't care about my company. They didn't care about the results. All they were in it for was for the paycheck. And not only that, but they would come in with a bad attitude and it would spread like cancer, even remotely, um, where everyone else would start to have a worse attitude, the production would go down. So we really focus on attitude. And last is communication. And to me, that's the most important because I don't care how talented you are. I don't care what kind of attitude you have. If me and you are working together, we have to be able to communicate at the highest possible level. And a lot of the times, if you think back on bad hiring experiences or you hired a contractor and they didn't deliver, a lot of the time it's all communication, whether it's being able to establish the scope up front or getting constant updates or hitting deadlines and estimated deliveries or even being able to just 
get a hold of someone. I mean, you hear horror stories of someone investing three months into training someone only to have them disappear and they never hear from them again. So in communication to us is so important. We have 15 pages of best practices on communication that we make workers memorize and get tested on before they get into the network. And it's all based on real life experiences that we've had and that we've heard from other clients over the past nine plus years of hiring. So now I'm going to ask you another question here that's based on these three skills that you said, that, that skills or skills, attitudes, and, and communication. Now, how do you, do you measure that with your clients? Do you, have, do you have any way where your clients give you feedback on, you know, how they feel your consultants are doing for them? Yeah, so we don't have a feedback rating system that will probably be built at some point. Um, the reason that we don't is we, we have very high expectations for the workers and we're really building a marketplace of five-star workers and we're pretty quick to kick people out if they're not. So for us, when we whenever a client signs up, we encourage them to have incredibly high expectations for all three. And I mean, some people think that every person has to be the most skilled worker in the world. That's not the case. I mean, there's a time and a place for a, a 10 out of 10 worker and there's a time and a place for a five out of 10 worker. What's important is you know who's a five out of 10 and who's a 10 out of 10 before investing a lot of time. So we encourage our clients to have incredibly high expectations. Obviously go right to the worker if there's any issues issues and if that doesn't work come to us and we'll happily replace them and clients that start using FreeUp start to realize this and it's pretty easy to tell if there's ever an outlier that slips through the cracks which rarely happens um, but it's all about communication we're pretty fast to respond we want issues handled immediately and we want clients to hold every worker to incredibly high standards for all three excellent excellent and I guess you know the success of your business kind of is pretty much your your uh your measuring stick for how well your people are doing in those three areas. Yeah, I mean, that's what it's all about. That's what the, um, the reputation was built on. Um, that's why our referral program has boomed because people try it and then they're like, wow, not only do I not have to spend hours and hours going through Upwork profiles, but the people I get, they come in every day with a smile on their face and they give me updates and they over communicate and they get stuff done. And I mean, people that are scared of hiring they're usually people that have never hired before, they've had bad experiences hiring before, or they're just so big that they run out of time to spend to hire because hiring takes a lot of time. So if we can focus on those areas and help people along the way that have never hired before and people that have had bad experiences quickly be able to turn that around, and on the back end, people that don't have any time, get them access to talent quickly, we, we can make a, a, huge ind- a huge dent in the way that people hire today. Excellent. You know, speaking as somebody who's done a lot of hiring, I'll tell you what, if I if I could avoid that and bring in the one top 1% without, you know, <laughs> just by telling you what I need, uh, that's just, that's a win for me. That's a big win for me. So, yeah, you're welcome to sign up. We're happy to we'll um, give you a credit for having me on. Thank you. Well, I've got uh, several of the areas I need help in, so I'm, I'm ready. Um, now, your partner has written a book entitled The 10 Most Common Mistakes of Outsourcing. So, can you give us a brief summary of some of the most critical mistakes that our listeners can probably relate to and then some of the things they should uh, probably avoid? Sure. So the biggest thing is diversification, which I mentioned before. I still see too many business owners. They find that great VA and they're like, this person's awesome. They're the best hire ever made. 
let's train them to do everything. And that backfires when that person leaves or gets sick or has a kid or just disappears. And all of a sudden, all that training um, that you put into them is gone and you have to start over building your entire company where if you hire one person for, to run your ads and one person to do customer service and one person to do orders, if one person leaves, it's always a hassle, but it's much easier to replace. So that's step one. The other, the, one other part is communication. Um, just establishing communication expectations up front. I can't tell you how many people forget to do this. Um, we have a free document we give out called the Client Expectations Doc, and it really lays out, hey, this is what my company does, this is what we're trying to accomplish, these are my pet peeves. For example, one of my pet peeves, because I get thousands of Skype messages every day, is if someone Skypes me, hey, and waits for me to respond and then ask the question, it just takes up way more of my day. So, But no one would know that's a pet peeve. I'm sure other people don't have that unless I tell them. So when I add someone to my team, I lay out what my pet peeves are ahead of time, and I encourage clients to do that. Uh, clients have different communication methods. Some people prefer Slack or Skype or phone calls. Make sure that's in there. So when you when you onboard someone, whether you're hiring a contractor or a project or even a full-time employee, you can hand them this piece of paper that has client expectations that they can read and ask questions on and get right on the same page right from the beginning. So those are two of the 10 tips, and I encourage you to check out that free ebook. Excellent. Now, on your website, there's an article that discusses 10 reasons to take advantage of the benefits of hiring remote workers. Um, can you talk about a couple of these reasons as well? Yeah, so the biggest thing about hiring remote that people don't realize is if you're hiring people in-house, which a lot of times is unnecessary, not only are you not only are you just limited to the talent that's around you, the town that you're in and the towns around you, but you're also competing with every other business in that area for the same talent. So it drives costs up, it limits you to what talent you have access to, and it leads to poaching and turnover and always having to stay on top of that. If you open yourself up to remote hiring and even businesses that have brick and mortar stores, I work with a lot of them, still have a plenty of things that can get done remote. You get access to talent from all around the world. You pay market value, sometimes even less. Yes, there are more clients out there, but there, there's also a higher just supply of people. So it really opens up opportunities to save money, to get access to great talent. And a lot of times you learn as a business owner just from being diverse. I, I can't tell you how much I've learned from hiring people from Mexico and the Philippines and Canada and Europe. And you just learn all these different business cultures and philosophies that really help you. So that that's one of one of that's the main reason that I, I strongly encourage people to start hiring remotely or at least test it out. Great advice. Excellent. So let me go back to that original statement where you said you and your business partner wanted to redefine the way it was done. If you could just kind of summarize that in, in a paragraph or two, um, how would, what would you define as your redefinition? That access to quick talent where right now it's a job board that you post a job and anyone in the world can apply, um, whether it's a project or you're looking for an employee on Monster. and. There's just you have to do all the vetting, and as a business owner, as a small business owner, how do you even do that? If you're looking to hire someone for Facebook ads and you don't know anything about Facebook ads, how do you do that? So, for me, getting access to people that you know are pre-vetted, 
these are obviously real people that, and there's always that situation where people don't match, but having some kind of strong vetting system up front where you're only accessing top talent and then also having someone to back it up which no other marketplace does, that it's really a free-for-all, that that's just something that hasn't gone out there. I mean, everyone wants to be the Uber of their own business and that's obviously what you based it on, but just having a more streamlined way to get access to talent and also that protection knowing that if something does go wrong, someone will at least step it in and make it right and you're not going to be left stranded having to go through that process over and over again. You're just going to get access to a different worker and some kind of credit to keep moving forward. That's great. We still have a couple minutes left before our final break, but as you were going along this process and your uh, freeup.com, uh, were there any course corrections you had to make or any, any areas where you decided, oh, we need to change direction and, and maybe think about what we're doing a little bit differently? Um, I mean, the biggest challenge, we've, we've honestly been growing pretty fast. It's been going good. I mean, the biggest challenge for us was development because how do you compete with the Upworks in the world in terms of development? They have huge teams. And I mean, we've experimented at first with using other software and we realized it wasn't customizable and we couldn't add the features we wanted. And we almost thought about hiring this agency to do dev work. And finally, we were like, all right, like, let's trust our process. Let's let developers in and only hire developers that actually pass the the free up process and we've been able to build a pretty solid dev team. The issue with dev, with a growing business is it becomes outdated very quickly where a year ago everyone was like, wow, your software is awesome, this is so cool. As you get bigger and bigger clients, the expectations continue to go higher and higher and higher. So that's kind of where we are. It's like, do you invest some money in development? Do you invest in marketing? Well, how do you continue to bring development along the way? Because the last thing you want is the thing to be holding your business back um, or to have software being the thing that holds your business back. I see. All right, we are just about at our break time here, and I'm going to go ahead and uh, take a break because we've kind of, um, I'm getting ready to talk, turn into a different topic. So coming up with our final commercial break, when we return, we will discuss um, a few more areas about freeup.com, and I'm going to get into some of the specifics of the services that, that are provided by your company. So stay tuned. We'll be back in a couple of minutes. You are listening to Coaching for Real on the Voice America Business Channel. Think you've seen everything there is to see in online television? Let us surprise you. Visit voiceamerica.tv today for sports, health, business, and more on demand 24-7. Imagine a relationship where you're given the opportunity to think rather than being told what to think. A relationship focused on your potential, not your performance. This is Coaching, an alliance designed to help you achieve your intended outcome. Discovering that what lies behind you and what lies before you are trivial matters compared to what lies within you. Your coach is passionate about helping you discover your masterpiece and live into your greatness at RonaldGraves.com. That's RonaldGraves.com. If you hear a dog barking or an angel singing, then you know that you are listening to Waking Up in America. Heard every Wednesday at 3 Pacific Time, Valerie Kirkard and all of her friends will bring you powerful and humorous discussions that raise thoughts and give you insight on how to live your life to its fullest potential. Adventure is always a must on Waking Up in America with Valerie Kirkard every Wednesday at 3 Pacific. From the boardroom to you, Voice America Business Network. This 
This is Coaching for Real with Ronald Graves. To reach the program today, please call 1-866-472-5790. That's 1-866-472-5790. You may also choose to send an email to ronald at ronaldgraves.com. Now, back to Coaching for Real. Welcome back. We're talking with serial entrepreneur and expert in remote hiring and e-commerce, Nathan Hirsch. When we broke, we were kind of discussing his uh, how his business grew, the freeup.com, um, some of the issues that came along the way and how he just started from nothing and built this, this beautiful, wonderful idea that helps businesses everywhere. And I'm, one of the things that you claim, and you, you mentioned even earlier in our discussion, is you've got the top 1% of all online freelancers now. You talked a little bit about your vetting process, but can you get into a little bit more detail about how you get the one, how you identify and get the 1%? Yeah, so I mean, we it's tough to claim that 1% of all online freelancers and how do you even measure that? And I'm sure people would argue against it and for it and all that. For us, I mean, we take less than 1% of our applicants. So we get hundreds of applicants a week. Um, we let very few of them into the network um, and we're very picky about it. And yeah, I mean, it really does all come down to skill, attitude, communication. Whenever you're interviewing anyone, what I encourage you to do is look for the red flags. And in our case, look for things that clients might not like, whether it's how they communicate speaking during an interview or um, whether it's showing up on time or what if something about their skills just doesn't make sense. And we've spent so much time creating specific interview questions for Facebook ads, for customer service, for Amazon, um, and really being able to identify if someone is up to date on different policies, different regulations, um, different different skills that other experts are teaching. So we really get people that are motivated, that have that skill, and can communicate at a high level to protect our clients in every possible way. So that's a lot of what the interview process is about. Um, it's, it's pretty long and vigorous. So part of it shows dedication just by making it through to the end, but it also requires you to actually talk to someone um, who's going to put you in client situations. It requires you to memorize our, our best practices on communication and, and take a test showing that you can actually handle it um, at an incredibly high level. And I mean, you're always going to have clients out there with different backgrounds and some of them might be tougher than others, or some of them might be very, very just impossible to work with, but we need people that can handle all sorts of clients. And that's really what we're trying to do when we're vetting in, when we're vetting people to get into the network. Great. I mean, I mean, getting, getting that top 1%, you know, they don't just fall into your lap. It's, it's, as you said, it's a process of, of really uh, digging down deep and finding out, you know, whether or not they're a good fit for your organization. Yeah, I mean, we have a freelancer success team that spends 10 hours a day posting um, different projects or looking for different skill sets and different Facebook groups and um, using other marketplaces and um, using, we have a great referral program where workers get 25 to 50 cents for every hour billed forever for people that they recommend. So people are referring people and going through those referrals to make sure they're as good as the people that are into the network right now. So um, they have a tough job, but we've continued to master and tweak the process. And the cool thing about hiring is whenever you make a bad hire, you can't get frustrated about it. What you have to do is go back and look at the process. And what we're able to do is whenever we make a hire that, I mean, we want all the workers to be nine or 10 out of 10s. If we somehow get a seven or a six or God forbid a five, we look at how did they get through our process? What do we have to tweak? How can we improve it to make a less of a chance for that person to slip through the cracks again? And because of that, we've been able to take that 
interview process from my Amazon business that was seven years old and add another two years of really just focusing only on that to, to make it top notch. Yeah, good. That's, that's, that's great advice. I like that. Now, one of your three, the three things that you look for is communication. Now, you're hiring people all over the world. What, what about the language barrier? People being able to speak the language of whatever your clients need them to speak. How do you deal with that issue? Yeah, I mean, workers, because our clients, majority of them speak English, um, they they have to be able to speak English at a high level. I mean, if not, it just leads to um, incredibly poor communication. So that's step one. And so they don't get a foot into the interview process without that. Um, I mean, we, have, we also have workers that speak other languages and we try to be as diverse as possible. I mean, we have clients in all over the world, but Israel, Europe, Spain, I mean, we're everywhere. So um, for us, it's really just about making sure that they can communicate at a high level on both um, chat and phone call, um, Skype call, whether it's Slack, um, really looking for every possible avenue because you never know when a client's going to come in and maybe they don't speak English at a high level. So it's important that you do or, or maybe they only like Slack, which is different than someone who likes Skype. So being able to communicate in many different ways, but having that base language is incredibly important. That, that makes me think about something else is that, you know, most of your clients speak English, but there are so many dialects of English. I mean, I, I'm in a mastermind group that most of the people in the group are from the UK. And I have a, you know, I have a hard time understanding them, even though we speak the same language. So, so I'm sure that that might be a little bit of barrier too. everybody's different dialect. Agreed. And don't get me wrong. I mean, expecting someone in the Philippines to speak 110% English, even though a lot of them speak better English than I do, um, it might be a little unrealistic. But what's important is that you can communicate and get your points across and, and not go round and round in circles. And, and like you said, um, you've met people from other places that speak English at a very high level, and they are out there. Great. So your freelancer skills fall into four primary categories, and correct me if I'm, I'm off on this, but business operations, e-commerce, digital marketing, and web development, correct? Those yes. Uh, the, the, only, the only, what? Those are the four basic um, groups? Or yeah, I mean, the only thing to keep in mind, and I know what page you're looking at, it's the pricing page, and it breaks it down, and it is ballparks, is these are real people. They, they are freelancers. They're, they're really a business. They're offering their services on our marketplace, and, and every freelancer is different. There might some be someone that slightly overlaps or has multiple skill sets or has a slightly higher price or a lower price in market value. So those are a basic guideline from what we found, and we try to update it with the marketplace. Um, but you really don't know what you're going to get until you actually submit a request and see what's out there. Okay. Of course, and then under those four main categories, you've got dozens of subcategories. So what what areas of all the services you provide do you find uh, the biggest need, uh, the greatest need among your clients? Well, Amazon is huge now. Everyone wants to get into Amazon. I'm lucky that I got into it way back in the day. Um, and, and I mean, the thing about FreeUp is it started off with Amazon workers. So we have this amazing core of Amazon workers and um, we've kind of expanded off that. And now we're getting into different industries, whether it's tech and real estate and business coaches, um, but just really diversifying from there. So while while we are stronger in certain things, it's more because we've just been recruiting for them longer, whereas web development we still have plenty of good devs, um, but we have less than Amazon because we have two years of recruiting Amazon people and six months to eight months of recruiting devs. Okay, excellent. So, as your enterprise has grown, and I've, I've you know, you've, you've talked about how it's just kind of, you know, <laughs> grown exponentially, I guess you could say. 
how do you get it to, to get that large so quickly without jeopardizing the quality of your talent? And you may have already answered this, but, but can you dig a little bit more deeply into it? Yeah, to me, it's all about the systems and the processes. I mean, that's really what I'm all about. You continue to build and improve processes. And when something falters, you don't keep going forward without going back. I mean, it's very similar to how I solve problems. I consider myself a high-level problem solver. And I mean, part of solving a problem is you identify what it is. You gain all the information. You get to do all the research. You make sure you um, you don't just dive into it without that. And then once you have all the information, you come up with different options of which ways that you can attack it. And then once you attack it, you figure out who you need to attack it and you get them involved and you execute it at a high level. And then once it's solved, the step that everyone forgets is to go back and figure out how that breakdown happened in the first place and figure out steps that to put in that to make sure that never happens again. And it's the same thing whether you're building a software or whether you're hiring people or building a team or, or building a network of freelancers, um, really once you get to that point where you start running into issues and red flags, you take a step back and you reevaluate the process and you figure out how can I go right back to the core and build it back up again so it's stronger. Good. I like that. Now I'm going to um, change the focus just a little bit um, from your business to your clients. So, you know, Let's talk a little bit about your clients. First of all, how does how does one become a client? So it's easy. Right on freeup.com. It's free to sign up. Uh, there's no monthly fees. Um, if you use the this show's affiliate link or mention this show, you get a dollar off your first worker forever. And it's three quick steps. It's a, your contact information, so we have it. Uh, E-signature saying that you won't try to steal workers from the network um, and you actually pay for any work done. And then lastly, a payment method, but you don't even need to add a payment method until um, you decide to hire your first person. You just need it before they get started. So once you you do step one and two, you get access to your account, click request a worker, um, and then put in what you need, and that request gets filled within 24 hours. So that was my question. Now I'm a client. How do I I acquire the talent that I need? What's, What's my process here? Sure. So you get access to your free up account at the top. There's a big request a worker button. You okay. click it and it'll ask you some questions so we know exactly what you want from US or non-US to skill set to pricing to um, what kind of hours you need or is it more is it a longer term product, short term, whatever it is. You fill it out, you hit submit within 24 hours, usually a lot sooner, you'll get introduced. Hey, this is Bob. He costs 10 bucks an hour. You pay 10 bucks an hour, nothing else. Our fees are already factored in. And then from there, you can meet him if you want to. Some people that use this a lot decide they just want to skip the interview and hire. Um, but when you're ready to hire, you click the hire button. If you meet with him and you realize that he's not the, exactly the right fit for whatever reason, you click request a new worker. It'll ask for some feedback um, so we know where we went wrong. And we'll take that feedback and add other people to your ticket. Nathan, that's just too easy. We try to make you're it simpl- as easy and simple as possible. You basically streamlined this entire process. Um, what if, what if, let's say I want somebody to come in and help me with my Facebook um, business page, but I really don't know how much time it takes to build a good Facebook business page. Um, how do I, how do, how do we figure that out? Sure. So whenever you're hiring an expert on the marketplace, the first one to two hours, and it could be less or more depending on the project, is what we call that discovery or scope. So you would hire a Facebook ad person. They would come into your business. You can interview them first, make sure you fit, um, or you guys get along. 
Um, you hire them, they, they do an audit, they, they'll probably have a lot of questions for you, go through your business top to bottom, do their research, do their due diligence, um, and then come up with a game plan or multiple game plans that include hourly estimates going forward. So from there, you can meet with them and go over them, and if you wanna take that game plan and implement it yourself, or you wanna hold off to later, or you wanna get started and execute, or you wanna have add other people to the team, maybe you need a video editor for one part, that's the time to do it. So. I mean, from there, it's pretty easy if you don't know where what you're doing wrong in your business to just hire an expert for a one-hour consultation or a one-hour discovery phase to come in and tell you the right direction to go, what your options are, and what it should actually cost. You know how powerful that is? I mean, you know, I've not been exposed to something like this before because, you know, I look around and go, well, who can I find that could just, you know, give me some advice on how to do this or how to do that? But just, you know, you, you solve that, that question for the people who are just – searching all over the place and can't really find what they need. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, you, so many people, so many clients of ours, they just keep these experts in their back pocket and the experts have plenty of other clients. It's not that big of a deal to them. Um, maybe they need someone a lot one month and then maybe they just need a phone call the next month and they just bill them per hour and you just have someone at your disposal whenever you need them. It's just, that's just too good to be true almost in my opinion, but that, uh, you know, I'll be I'll be a customer by the time the night's over. I'll tell you that. Um, <laughs> the two steps is the only two steps I need to do. Um, anything else you want to add? I have a couple of questions about your book, but anything else you want to add before I go to that? We've got about uh, four or five minutes left here in the in the uh, in the show. Anything else that I didn't talk about that you want to bring up uh, for FreeUp.com? Yeah, so one cool part about FreeUp.com is our referral program that's been a big success um, since we started it. So um, on FreeUp, any clients that you refer to us, you get 50 cents for every hour. We build them forever. Um, and what clients, what a lot of clients do is they get heavily discounted or free workers every week just by telling other people about us. If you don't have an invoice each week, we pay it out every two weeks. Um, and we're on pace to pay out over $150,000 in referral money this year, and we're only in year two. So it's a rapidly growing program. If you know an influencer, if you know someone that has a community, if you just know other business owners that haven't heard about FreeUp yet, just by telling them or, or signing up and doing step one and you get access to your affiliate link, you, you can make a good amount of money or just get free workers to help grow your business. That's a win-win. It's a win for you and it's a win for your, for your, uh, your customers. Yeah, and a win for the freelancers. I'm all about the win-win-win. Yeah. yeah, outstanding. Um, I have one question I want I want that I want to bring up before we close the show tonight. It's in your book, "Free Up Your Business: Fifty Ways to Bootstrap Million Dollar Companies." Can you talk to us for just a, maybe two minutes about the concept of bootstrapping? Yeah, so I started two companies with $20 for the first one, and then the second one, I put $5,000 in the bank account, and I really only spent a few hundred to get it off the ground. And there, there's a reason behind it is I'm incredibly frugal. Um, I take a lot of calculated risks that are um, low risk, high reward, and if you do enough low risk, high reward things, they tend to work out. So I, I took... 50 strategies that I use and, and I still use them. I mean, even to this day when the, both businesses are doing well, um, I continue to, to use the same fundamental philosophies as when I was bootstrapping. And so if you've never bootstrapped before or you don't have the money to, like I did it for my first company, I strongly recommend checking out this book and get on Amazon or on our site because it, it'll just break down the basic principles you have to have to have success 
to not fall into traps, to not blow a lot of money, to have a sales and marketing team without by hiring a huge agency and really get that business off the ground where you can hire people and, and make good investments hiring people. Thank you. I, I need that. I definitely need that. I'm sure most of our, much of our listeners do too. Well, we've pretty much come to the end of our show tonight. I, you know, we've talked a little about how to get people can get in touch with you and get your book. Your book is on Amazon.com, obviously. And um, they can go to freeup.com, which is, you know, it's spelled a little differently. So maybe you can talk about how they can get started from step one. I'm sorry, how they can get started doing what? Yeah, with freeup.com. Uh, we talked about it. They have to spell it correctly, right? Yeah, yeah sorry. Uh, freeup.com with three E's, F-R-E-E-U-P.com. Um, right at the top, just click become a client. Don't forget to mention this podcast for a dollar off your first worker. Excellent. Well, I appreciate you being on the show tonight, and you know, I, I hope that uh, it's going to bring a lot of customers to you. I can't, I can't imagine anybody not wanting to take advantage of what you have because it's, you know, there's something there for just about everybody. In fact, it may be everybody. So, again, appreciate very much you being on the show, and um, great talking to you. Thanks so much for having me. Great. Coaching for Real is about you, real people real challenges, and real breakthrough. Send me your comments, your questions, anything else that may be on your mind. I even welcome your criticism and your suggestions. So this show is about you. I want to hear from you, the positive and the construction. Again, you can communicate with me at ronald at ronaldgraves.com. That's ronald at ronaldgraves.com. Been my sincere pleasure to add value to you through Coaching for Real. May the Lord bless you and keep you. Until we meet again, we will see you next week. Thank you for listening to Coaching for Real today. Be sure to join Ronald Graves again next Thursday at 4 p.m. Pacific Time and 7 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Business Channel. We'll talk again very soon.